Hello. Hello and welcome to the Voice of the Marketing Podcast. I am Bruce Carter. In this podcast, you will hear intriguing and thoughtful interviews as well as actual tips and strategies that can be implemented either in your institution, health and wellness, and education. Our podcast is not about name recognition or being famous. Everyone has untapped potential. In today's fast-changing landscape, demands nation leaders who can quickly adapt, build trust, and deliver value. Through people and technology, we're listening and providing insight on tough political and business challenges, including talent, transformation, geopolitical conflicts, pandemics, and social injustice. In this podcast series, The Voice of the Democracy offers insights to help you tackle today's challenges and prepare for tomorrow. Through social change, we will be the voice of democracy, American promise, global mission. Thanks for spending time with us today. Now, let's jump into your daily dose of Voice of Democracy. Today's highlight, we will focus on slavery never ended. It just evolved in America. First, let me open by saying, this past Black History Month, millions of students are told the story of how America abolished slavery 159 years ago with the ratification of the 13th Amendment. The story draws on an upper trajectory of racial equality in America. The problem is the story isn't true. We never actually abolished slavery. In 2021, during Juneteenth, members of Congress reintroduced a constitutional amendment to end slavery in the United States. You may be thinking, wait, didn't we abolish slavery? So let's get started with today's episode to find out the answer to this question. The story that I introduced just now draws an upper trajectory on racial equality in America from the abolition of slavery to Brown versus Board of Education to the Civil Rights Act to the election of President Obama. The 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution is recognized by many as the formal abolish of slavery in the United States. However, it only ended chattel slavery, meaning slavery in which an individual is considered the personal property of another, while formally eliminating the most recognizable form of slavery. The 13th Amendment also enables slavery to be transformed into something else that still has harrowing ramifications for black people today. Therefore, the problem is the story isn't true. We never actually abolished slavery. The 13th Amendment states, neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, except as a punishment for crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted, shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. Except as a punishment for crime, this phrase gets ignored in Americans telling of its slavery story. The 13th Amendment did not abolish slavery, but rather moved it from the plantation to the prison. Meaning, in 2015, two million largely black people incarcerated in America are legally considered slaves under the Constitution. As a result, they can and are forced to work for pennies to be exact 52 cents per hour 
And Alvin was the profits going to counties, states, and private corporations such as Target, Revlon, and Whole Foods. In fact, there are more black people enslaved today than in 1800. Here's something, a little fun fact. American taxpayers who foots the bill and is, and is increasingly padding the pockets of public traded corporations like Corrections of Corporation of America and GEO Group combined both companies generate over $2.53 billion in revenue in 2012 and represent more than half of the private prison businesses. Because of this federal inertia, states have instead been driving efforts to eliminate slavery through ballot initiatives to amend their own constitutions. In 2023, voters in Tennessee, Oregon, Alabama, Louisiana, and Vermont decided to revise their constitution to remove the exception of the abolish of slavery. However, except for Louisiana, In Louisiana, supporters of the amendment say the wording in the ballot question was confusing enough that voters did not understand what they were deciding for or against. Again, this was in 2022, November election, midterm election. So let's look at post-1865 in evolution. Since the 13th Amendment's passage in 1865, its inception clause has enabled slavery to persist of generation through punitive systems. Following the Civil War, many Southern states imposed black codes, laws that restricted black people's labor by requiring apprenticeships and labor contracts for employment, often with former owners of enslaved people. Black codes also established system of convict leasing and vagrancy laws, which incentivized the, the arrest, incarceration, and subsequent re-enslavement of black people. These laws criminalized poverty, unemployment, homeless, in order to meet the labor needs of former owners to enslave people following the emancipation. Jim Crow laws, which have their roots in the black codes, further entrenched system of apartheid for black Americans in almost every aspect of life in the post-Reconstruction era, including the criminal justice system. These laws legalized racial segregation throughout public life and were further ingrained through the establishment of these separate but equal doctrine by the U.S. Supreme Court in Plessy v. Ferguson. For black Americans, noncompliance with Jim Crow laws was often met with imprisonment. In violation of these laws, a subsequent arrest could result simply from eating at a chicken counter or entering a public space through the front door. This is no incident. In the new Jim Crow, it lays out how a system of Jim Crow replaced slavery, later how a system of mass incarceration rose to replace Jim Crow. During Reconstruction, Southern states quickly took advantage of the 13th Amendment slavery loophole by arresting black people for minor crimes such as unemployment, as I stated before, loitering or gambling, and selling, their, selling them to private employers through a convict lease system. 
Today, the majority of black people enslaved in prisons were arrested for drug crimes, which we all know in the 80s, the war on drugs. Even though black people used drugs at the same rate as white people, they were, they were incarcerated for drug crimes at 20 to 50 times the rate of white people in some states. So let's look at some statistics. So the statistics is an average rate of black, Latinos, white imprisonment per 100,000 residents. Whites, 261 per 100,000 residents. Latino, 341 100,000 time residents. Blacks, 1,240 100,000 per resident. This data comes from the Bureau of Justice Statistics. This is not to say that we have not made progress since 1865. Through acts of courage and solidarity, African Americans have fought back against white supremacy for the past 159 years. Incarcerated people have not been helpless victims, but rather have organized and actively resisted for decades. In 2015, immigrants at a private prison in Raymondville Texas engaged in direct action over two-day period protesting inhumane conditions, forcing a shutdown a part of the prison. The protests build a tradition of prison activists from the Angola, three in Louisiana, to the tragic attic, attic prison takeover in 1971. It is critical that immigrants have joined in resistance to the prison industrial complex. Detention of immigrants facing deportation jails and private prisons and immig immigrants prosecuted for attempting to enter the United States are the fast and growing segment of the prison system. Every year, over 400,000 immigrants are detained in an immigration detention system where many work long days, sometimes being paid nothing, or if they are lucky, 12 cents per hour. Other Immigrants work for basic necessities like food, blankets, or a few minutes of extra sunlight. This is true even through the 13th Amendment does not permit slavery for people being held for immigration violations, which are considered civil, not criminal offenses. In two states, immigrants have sued demanding fair pay and safe working conditions. In a previous podcast, I talked about child labor, mainly among immigrants. Although the prison industrial complex was seemingly designed for the wholesale incarceration of black communities, Asian Pacific Islanders and other non-black people of color are trapped in the same system. Southeast Asians, Pacific Islanders and Latino are all incarcerated at a disproportionate rate. However, we cannot achieve liberation until we address anti-black racism in our own communities and build connection between our struggles, those of African Americans, and slavery. Ending slavery by ballot measures. The ballot initiative facing voters that faced voters in 2022 ref reflected the continued growth of a promising state-level trend of closing the 13th Amendment loophole. In 2016, Colorado first considered a ballot initiative that asked voters whether to remove language from the state's constitution that permitted slavery 
and involuntary servitude. Amendment, amending eventually passed in 2018 after 65% of voters in Colorado approved its adoption. It was a first day explicitly abolished slavery without exception in its constitution since Rhode Island did so in 1842. This momentum continued in 2020 as successful ballot initiatives in Nebraska and Utah also removed language in their constitution that permitted slavery as a criminal punishment, receiving 68% and 80% of the vote, respectively. Why ballot measures matter despite their limitations? Currently, there are 19 states with constitutions that explicitly permit either slavery, involuntary servitude, or both as punishment for a crime. We cannot assume that people and state governments are wholly against slavery and involuntary servitude as states are clearly taking advantage of these constitutional exceptions. Ballot measures, while imperfect, are an important first step toward a full throttle repudiation of the slavery and involuntary servitude that continues in these states. Indeed, while some critics may, may characterize these measures as symbolic, they are important because a shift in the legal status of incarceration workers may allow prisoners' laborers claims to certain worker protection and rights. Previous challenges by prison laborers for worker protection have failed, in large part due to slavery and involuntary servitude loopholes. However, following the passage of, of the amendment, incarcerated workers in Colorado are now testing the extent to which the removal of their status as slave laborers affords them legal protections. Two men filed a suit in February 2022, alleging that the state forced them to work despite their health conditions, and in doing so, violated the ban of slavery and voluntary servitude in the Colorado Constitution. They are asking the courts to allow for a class action lawsuit so that other incarcerated people can join this action. Oregon will also provide another reflection point regarding the importance of passing state amendments to abolish slavery. On one hand, Senate Joint Resolution, which is known as SJR 10 in Oregon, which, is on a, which was on the ballot in November 2022, as I mentioned, they did pass the vote to abolish slavery of the 13th Amendment for good and voluntary servitude. Just give you some details about that um, voting. It, it highlights why the state also must revise other existing state laws. Much as Measure 17, which mandates 40 hours a weekly involuntary labor by incarcerated individuals and allow both private and public sectors to use that labor. However, as Riley Burden, the co-founder of the or Organians Against Slavery Inductual Servitude, which is known as OASIS, also, as I mentioned, the SJR 10, which is the Senate Joint Resolution 10, the coalition emphasized in February 2022 in Esquire interview, passing the SJR 10 is still an imperative step toward eradicating codified slavery as the basis of criminal justice system. 
Changes needed beyond ballot measures. Of course, much more still need to be done to correct incarcerated systems that have existed for generations and address problematic practices and laws that will remain in place. Even if these state ballot measures pass, the limitation of these ballot initiatives highlight the extent to which our system continues to rely on the cheap, uncompensated labor of people without freedom. Remember 2008 that the banking bailout, which some banks such as Wells Fargo had to pay fine for redlining. This was in 2008. Just another example of a, a, a portion of slavery on minorities, in particular blacks. Moreover, while some might say this, that some prison labor is technically voluntary, this ignores the fact that for an incarcerated individual, refusing to work can result in the loss of privileges, solitary confinement, or the denial of parole. It also overlooks the notion that simple necessities sold and sold to incarcerated people are often exacerbated price, especially when compared to the wages they earn. Exploitation and coercion are at the heart of it all. The lines between slavery, involuntary servitude, and prison labor are, in some cases, distinguished only by a few cents on the dollar. So in my closing, the United States cannot, in good faith, confront the legacy of chattel slavery while still permitting vestiges of the economy to persist. Dehumanization allows for the evils of chattel slavery. Dehumanization allows slavery and involuntary servitude to continue under the, guise, the disguise of a coerced state. While it would be unwise to equally conflate the specific horrors of chattel slavery with those of the modern coerced state, we should use the lesson of chattel slavery in the form that we do today. The words in our constitution matter, and people are incarcerated remain people. Thus, what we all allow to happen behind those walls says more about our humanity than anything they have done. Next year, which is 2025, will mark the 160th anniversary of the 13th Amendment. It is our time to truly abolish slavery in America. So, this podcast brought to you by People First Consultant, Voice of Democracy. For more information about People First Consultant, Voice of Democracy, please visit our website at www.pfcworks.com. American Promise, Global Mission. Thank you for turning, tuning in and listening today. Until next time, please be safe, stay informed, and live well.